<laughs> Did you just hear me that whole time? I was like talking to my. I can hear you, but now, now it's clearer. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I immediately trusted you guys, but I can totally get, like, you know, if you're not close with someone and you're going on a podcast for the first time, like, why that would be nerve-wracking. I don't think I was camera on the first time I talked to uh, a Q&A. The first time I, I was on Thoughts and Prayers, I sat there without the camera on, holding a microphone that was not connected to the computer. I didn't have the right connections, but I, like, liked the feeling of holding the microphone at that moment. I just sat there holding a microphone, talking to them in the dark, basically, like, <laughs> with no camera on and the microphone <laughs> not hooked up to my computer. It's about the vibe, that's all. You know, fake it till you make it. That's been the theme. Um, I, there has uh, been t have been times where I was like practicing like poetry readings, pretending that my hairbrush was a microphone. So, do you know what Patty Smith said? Okay, so I did this incredible episode of Nice with Mac and Monty. I'm not even that big of a Patty Smith fan per se, but I'm obsessed with this one famous song of hers, uh, "Land," aka "Horses." An incredible episode of Nice with Mac and Monty. Um, so I watched a bunch of or listened actually to a bunch of uh, performances of hers, and she does all these like riffs, you know, or whatever. She says, you'd never read poetry like you're reading it for the first time. She was basically saying, you need to like say it like with intention or deliver it. She was like, you should not say it like, kind of, I guess, like in the uh, nah, 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 type of voice, you know, I don't know if that <laughs> translates, but I got what she was saying. She was like, you have to like, you, have to, you commit to the bit basically is what she was saying. I can't stand it the poetry voice that people do at poetry readings, like just kind of like the mainstream poetry voice that's like really breathy. I'm mm -hmm. like, this is so tiresome. They're not committing to the bit. They're just, they're doing what they think. They're is, committing to the wrong bit. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing what they think is expected of them, but it's like, it's not personal enough. You need to make your bit personal. Personal? Yeah. Can I say that I, I did see a snippet of you reading poetry once? Uh, is that allowed? <laughs> That's allowed. That? And it was, <laughs> I was good. It was a great reading. Uh, and I want, it made me want to see more. Um, that was an awkward reading for me. I feel like normally uh, yeah. I'm a lot more confident at readings and, you know, I'm a Leo. Like I like being on stage, but that was my first reading in like a year and a half, two years. And so I was just like awkward and nervous. <laughs> That's fair. But I thought it was, I thought it was still good. I feel like I was about a year ago. I was saying that you were uh, our, our corner of Twitters. We still called it Twitter back in those days. And I was like, <laughs> uh, my, my guest tonight was uh, the Joan Didion of our corner of Twitter. And it was true. It is true. But I don't want to say you're the Patty Smith because she, we talked about this. She is ugly. Unfortunately, she's, um, you know, she's witch-like, right? She's a little bit witch-like. She is literally a witch, so it's like so it makes sense. I do think actually, like Priya the Doll. I will actually say Priya the Doll is like a prettier Patty Smith to me. I don't know why she is Patty Smith coded for for real, mm. real. But spiritually, I don't know the the swagger, the just one of the guys, the rock and roll. You know, Patty Smith's not from Boston. My guest tonight is from Boston, so she's really more in the Jonathan Richmond school, I would say, much like myself. More of a modern lover than a, a CBGB, but you know, there's still like this, there's still this wild streak of the horses, the fire. She does have the Sagittarius placement, I guess, folks, and so it's, it's like a lightning bolt. It's the my guest tonight is the bolt across David Bowie's Aladdin Sane face. She is Kabuki Truth Theater. I don't know what that exactly means, but there is something like kind of larger than life about her internet presence for such a sweet, delicate flower that I have 
again this evening, I'm so lucky to be kind of closing <laughs> out the year with one of my very first guests. It's technically, I guess, my second guest of this program as this program makes its first kind of like year anniversary. Uh, welcome back, my dear friend. I'm just delighted to be here with, God, I really dragged these out. Truth Enjoyer, a.k.a. Cassandra, welcome back to Here Comes the Backlash and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Pool House. Thank you so much for having me. I always have the best time on this show. And yeah, we were talking about this earlier, but I don't know if it was when it was recording or not. But I, yeah, this was my second podcast ever also. So I feel like it's very, you know, serendipitous that it, that was also your second episode ever was when we met. Um but yeah I've, yeah, I've been on a couple of times since then, and it's always been such a pleasure. So thank I, you. Yeah, I think this is your big four. I think you join, um, I think technically Basil has four because we did a, a, a live space together uh, for Backlash. But uh, Daddy, you and Basil, I guess the big, you've had big fours. Congratulations. Uh, I don't, you know, I love all my guests. I can't like, I can't. I'm in great this. company with those two. <laughs> it is a good, it is a good company. It's funny too, because it's canon, I feel like, that uh, we met each other i guess through the show obviously but like, yeah that q a reached out to you to go on thoughts and prayers right around the, like the same week basically that i was kind of being literally mandated by the heavens i was getting faxes like every day i had to go to all, it was it was crazy i don't talk about it a lot because like, i am committed to the bit it is a little cringy but truly was mandated by the heavens to go start this podcast it was almost serendipitous for me as well because um when q a had reached out to me because i had started this like Substack not that long before had posted a few like writings on it and was in intending to put this podcast you know i had done a test one there's this like really like gay like actually there's two really gay like unreleased solo episodes from the summer of 2022 uh, but they're uh trying to ramp it up and it really was like a catalyst i don't think i would have gotten myself together you know if they hadn't reached out and asked me to do their show and it hadn't been such a great like response you know so it was like serendipity for me and then as i'm starting this show i reach out to you they reach out the same week and it just feels like a such a magical constellation and connection and so like uh happy it's really happy anniversary to us you know you're you're backlash as much as i am i think it was literally a, like basically a year ago today maybe not the exact day but right around this time last year that you tagged me in that post being like cassandra's the joan didion of our corner of twitter and i feel like that's what kind of started our friendship like we were mutuals before that but we hadn't interacted mm -hmm. that much before then and then, yeah, it was like January, early January, when A reached out to me to go on Thoughts and Prayers. And then you reached out to me literally the next day. And prior to that, I had never been on a podcast. I was really nervous about it. I kind of went back and forth for a day or two being like, should I do this? I don't know. Is this a good idea? And it was like, literally yeah. was like the best idea ever. Like now I have so many good friends that came out of this constellation of people in this little circle. So it's true. It's true. We've got uh, our fellow pod, pod bros, Q&A, Basil, NKB, and like just this whole increasing uh, universe. All of my guests, you know, I'm really, really just like delighted. Like I started this podcast partly to be able to just, just like, you know, it sounds so gay, to talk to people. I want to be able to talk to people, but I, I, you know, I really want to connect with the other Anons and like connect the Anons to each other. Like have, have people be able to be like, here's a podcast. Like I was on, you know, like here's who I am a little bit beyond like these posts. Like it's, it's right. Yeah, it's no, I love that i love like when my friends become friends with each other like even just like on twitter like you know like seeing one of my like good twitter mutuals become mutuals with someone else and then i see them interacting like it literally brings me joy like i want all my friends to be friends i want us all to live in the same city but if we can't and we just have to live in cyberspace like i want everyone to be friends with each other and 
Yeah, like I had no regrets. Like I was nervous at first because obviously I was like an Anon and I was kind of a lobby back then. And I just kind of didn't know what I was getting into. Like I, I was never a big podcast listener until, you know, I went on podcasts and now I, the only podcasts that I listen to are my friend's podcasts. So I listen to, you know, KB's pod and Q&A and you and, you know, I listen to all those. I don't really listen to any other podcasts, but I love parasocially listening to my friend's ones. And I do think that, yeah, like once you start to put yourself out there a little bit more and actually talk to people in the DMs, on podcasts, like, you know, just outside of the timeline, it makes, you know, the stupid website such a fulfilling experience Mm -hmm. instead of just like a time suck, you know, like before I was like, what am I doing? I'm spending so much time online, just shit posting. And that's fun. And like, you know, I still enjoy that component, but I have made real friends out of this website, like people that I've met in real life, you know, like it's. Yeah. That was also well said, uh, Cassandra. And I think, yeah, I think it is what you put into it, right? I think hopefully it's inspiring to people. And it's like, my dear remote viewers, like I would be nowhere <laughs> without all of, you know, you know, and it's been really like special to connect people. You're you're absolutely right. It does feel good. And only listening to your friend's podcast, that's like literally how it should be. Like, don't, you don't need like NPR, right? You don't need like these fucking gay uh, Ezra Klein produced like pieces of propaganda bullshit which they're just producing and flooding just to like purposely flood the market too I will tell you there's so much bullshit being generated in the podcast market not by like Anand's and like the cool like fringe stuff like maybe me like other really interesting content there's all this mainstream content they pump out because A it's cheap but B to like just saturate the market to keep shows like this because a little bit extra on the outside of course so I think um, the only way to counter this everyone should be starting podcasts really and like just, or like whatever and i mean it's definitely like uh it's more difficult to censor podcasts so i can totally mm-hmm. see like why they would oversaturate the market just to drown stuff out because mm-hmm. you know like it's not the same as like a post where like you know they can find a keyword and like uh-huh. shadow ban you or censor you like we can have free-flowing conversations there's not a transcript so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and it's funny like i got my spotify whatever it's called the like year the wrapped, the wrapped. yeah <laughs> <laughs> my spotify wrapped was like you know at the end it was like and these were the podcasts that you listen to and it was literally just like you know bp backlash thoughts and prayers same mine was a thoughts and prayers <laughs> here comes the backlash and uh bep in that order actually uh i do listen to other i listen to like uh what's another one i listen to like dark horse with brett weinstein and his i listened to one of those but i feel like it was on youtube yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, they might be taken down from YouTube now. They're kind of annoying. They're kind of really annoying, but I actually kind of love them also. Like, even on this, like, Palestine, Israel stuff, like, they're some of, they're still so insufferably, like, Jewish, basically, about it, but they're being really fair and tolerant. And I like, really actually appreciate that they're, like, trying to maintain their ground of, like, what they've stood for before, despite this obviously being something that's, like, emotionally like they're very committed to right this whole conflict is a different uh, experience very differently for Jews we've realized you know in, in the last few months like Sandra looks a little uncomfortable at mentioning these things I will no. just give it to say I appreciate that they're kind of like most people have not in the last two months we've seen just like everyone kind of sell their ideals out I feel like everyone's like completely exposed themselves to being frauds yeah, no, I've totally seen that, especially on the right. Like a lot of these people who were so anti-cancel culture, pro-free speech before, like just going full cancel culture because it's like against their enemies. And I'm like, okay, like, so what do you stand for then? Like, it just kind of like, you know, delegitimizes everything that you've been saying for the past few years. But I haven't listened to the Dark Horse podcast in a while. I'm pretty sure the last time I listened to it was like during COVID, like when they were doing a lot of like the vaccine mm-hmm. and ivermectin and <laughs> 
like that kind of stuff. They still do it all. I, they do a lot of, yeah, they do other, they, they do a lot of uh, TQ stuff as well, I guess, is what they're kind of famous for. And just like anti-woke. They're kind of like famous yeah, yeah, yeah. for their, like, from their career or whatever. Um, I don't listen to like a lot of podcasts besides my friends either, which is exactly how it should be. There's like, like plenty bear factory and uh is on patreon mel show i sh- shout out melly mm-hmm. by this it was on now then which i think you famously recorded a lost episode we did uh, yeah we it was about. so fun we had such a good episode and then like it just didn't get saved it got lost to the ether we were silenced by the deep state but <sighs> yeah hopefully we'll do another one we just kind of like after it got lost we were like we can't recreate this like you know like the vibe was there you can't recreate a vibe it's so you cannot fake a vibe which again another lesson of this year i guess is the you know as the orange vibe shift like arrives i really feel like i feel like the middle east conflict was in response to the orange vibe shift because it was like they needed something because they were losing control of the vibes and so they're like we're gonna do something uh create a new media distraction you know perhaps i don't know just maybe a schizo theory but you know you can't fake a vibe, I guess, as well as saying that's really what we've learned in the last few months, just in general. But I think over the last year, even like the counter narrative or whatever, like the counter narrative TM, like the fake opposition, the fake dissidents, the fake fringe, the fake schizos, the fake patriots, the fake et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They've all kind of exposed themselves gradually. Like you kind of know who in like the counter media or like the alternative media, who you can kind of trust and vibe with and who you can't, you know, it's not many of them honestly i don't know like is michael tracy the last <laughs> honest reporter we have left cassandra <laughs> no it's yeah it's been totally eye-opening to see all of this go down and i feel like it's made me take a step back from posting hot takes on the tl sure. just because i'm like i'm so sick of this it all just feels so disingenuous and i'm just like I, I know who my people that I vibe with are and they're cool and I don't want to just get into the mud with all of these frauds all the time. And it's funny to um, not not even like this is not an indictment on Red Scare, but like just because you mentioned them before, like mm-hmm. I don't actually listen to Red Scare. I've listened to maybe like two or mm-hmm. three episodes of it ever. Sure. Like, I mean, like right. I follow the girls and like, you know, I, I like their takes sometimes but I'm not like a Red Scare fan or a Red Scare like listener. And it's so funny because like whenever my tweets, this happened to me this week, whenever my tweets like escape containment and people like start yelling at me from like all sides of like the political spectrum, libs and stuff, they'll be like, oh, you're just obviously like a Red Scare girl. And it's like, what does that even mean? (laughs) I've seen the allegation at you. And you do have tweets escape containment. It's really funny. People's reactions to them are so funny so funny too especially obviously uh, your avatar your default photo is um niles crane the <laughs> cool bird with the, with the mysterious parrot like people think you're a man and so i see people like call you like they get mad just about that i think, I think oh yeah of- people will literally be like bro is obviously mad because you can't get pussy and i'm like i have one dude <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because it seems to me like obvious it's like are you you're mad because you think it's a, you're mad at who you think this is and that's so true about so much like the social oh, yeah, media the sphere too especially and that's what's helped doing i think this like program like it's like cutting through some of that too this cycle is the same like every non every uh friend of the on the show that i talked to most of them are kind of like hesitant at first or like say like oh i'm not really like i've never done that and like i won't be good at it and i've 
not missed once because I've known that like instinctively each person, like it bleeds through and they're posting, you know, you can tell that this is like an interesting person to talk to. Uh, like are, is every single person, am I a good, like professional conversationalist, like NPR style speaking perfectly? I mean, yeah. Elocution <laughs> at all times. No, I'm a complete disaster. It's off the rails at times, you know, like whatever. But that's the beauty of it. But I do think that you have a sixth sense for, you know, finding people to, to I talk think to. So too. I think so too. It was good. I anyway, and I think like the point being like, you know, like you actually bring people on. It's like interesting to hear. And then it's true for like even the biggest scariest, not even just the show, obviously, like the biggest scariest, like right wing baddies, or even like people like you just disagree with in general. You hear them on this like a program and like 3D, you know, and like full flesh, like at least like explaining more of their like uh, where they're coming from and like what they actually believe outside of this stupid right. 280 character like declarative statement you know it 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 makes it more human again it's more uh natural right yeah because it like the 280 character thing it just flattens everything down into mm -hmm. you know these like hot takes or shit posts that then people read like it's the gospel like they will read that as if that is like your entire political manifesto mm -hmm. that is your entire biography is like something that you put in 280 mm -hmm. characters mm -hmm. or less and i'm like do you really think that you can make all of these indictments on a person because of one tweet and people do it on all sides and i'm not even saying that i'm not guilty of it because we all are like you know i'll quote tweet someone and dunk on them and it's like that's mm -hmm. not fair i didn't go to their profile i didn't read their page i didn't listen to them on podcasts you know mm -hmm. but yeah mm -hmm. no i i totally mm -hmm. agree like there have been times that i'm like oh this person's such an idiot and then, you know, I get to know them a little bit better or I'll hear them on a podcast and I'm like, okay, I still disagree with them. But like, yeah, it just makes it more mm -hmm, human. Mm -hmm. it, even, dare I say, even a rad femme Hitler goes on to thoughts and prayers and suddenly I feel differently about her. I hate it. It makes me mad. And it takes some time <laughs> and eventually, you know, get back into t Oster's world and I can just have my tunnel vision back on and be like, yeah, like, no, I'm slum mRNA side. Sorry. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm right or die. Sorry. But if you do listen to the, like, you know, of course, she's like a person. Like, these are all like, uh, obviously interesting people, like who have some, even the ones I think are kind of like ops and like uh, fake, like still have at least some talent or knack for kind of like uh, communicating, right? Or like ex exuding themselves online. I mean, I will say I do like Rad Femme Hitler. I've been mutuals with her for like since my first account, like before this one. And I think that she's really funny. And I feel like a lot of people miss the fact that she's doing a bit, but I understand that she's divisive. And I'm also mutuals with no. Slum RNA Dog. So I'm like, I'm just playing both sides here. <laughs> You're like one of us. You and I are both used to just being like uh, mom and dad are fighting. I guess. I'm kind of that way at times too. I, I feel like she's for the like girls, you know? Like it's like when, when men hate her, it's like, yeah, she baited you to do that. And it's like, just just ignore her and leave it for the girls <laughs> it's very it is very bappy and for sure and like she okay so she did follow me recently on dj pool house and i didn't i didn't know what a soft block was but i just recently learned because anna k from red scare i believe did that to me unfortunately i was no longer <laughs> calling her on either account it was surprising but so i um i soft blocked rfh just to be like a flex i don't know why like very few pig accounts show that much interest in me so like you should probably be welcoming the attention but i was like not a flex i don't know why i'm psycho i'm a complete crazy person <laughs> but it felt like the right thing to do because i was like no i'm slum rna team like i can't i can't <laughs> well, I, I get it, but yeah, I'm I'm not picking a side because I I like both. It's very rare for like the boys to like even like, let me tangentially, you know, uh, claim uh, to be a part of the gang. So I just I, you know I've got to be got to be ride or die. Um, well, it's funny because sorry, I'm like vaping and like talking no, with vape smoke in my mouth. Um, I talked about this on Basil's pod, but 
Shout how me and yeah, shout out Basil, shout out Bear Bactrian. Um, how me and Slum RNA Dog became mutuals was like because he quote <laughs> yeah. tweeted me and dunked on me. But I love that. I love that like enemies to mutuals pipeline like that happened with me and mario too and mario yeah totally <laughs> oh, i was gonna say same exactly you know that's funny sorry i think he's yeah. also a co in your little cohort of like kind of shared custody between rfh and slum arm i think he, i think he stands both yeah and i'm just like i don't know i like that like i i like that it's on funny. twitter like it's fine if you get in a little like performative funny beef with someone but then yeah. can actually get to know them and be friends with them like i like if someone dunks on me once unless they're like making it really personal and really mean i'm not gonna be mad at them forever like i'll forgive and forget it's twitter like it's performance art you know so yeah and that's <laughs> actually i think rad Vim hiller we're just so in the weeds but like rad Vim hiller i believe this and this sounds completely crazy to say i'm gonna break like i tell my producer about some of this stuff like he's online tangentially but not immersed but he knows about a lot of this for me saying things like well, Radfem Hitler has slum mRNA dog blocked. And so like, <laughs> I think that that's uh, to your point about it being kind of like fun. Like I wanted to do more like I, which I don't know, maybe there's, there's probably more. I think he did say things about, um, you know, her, her children or what have you. But anyway, the point being, like I do, I, you know, at the end of the day, it's like Red Runner and Coyote, right? Like those old cartoons, and they're like, uh, they're famously, you know, at odds. But at the end of the day, they, ch they check out, they punch that clock and then they go and have a beer together. You know, that's how everything really should you should be adversarial up to a point, is my theory. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> Hunt you as a punk just like any other boy, and he never had the trouble till he started up a sport. That's safe in the garage, or singing in the top till Hodge you went too far, and he plugged in at the front. Okay, this we got so in the weeds, but it was good. No, this is part. This is part anniversary episode. The end of the year episode. We can like you know debrief on the year that we just. We're kind of coming. We should. Yeah, I had like I was so we 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 don't have a lot of voicemails. I didn't look to see how many I was actually receiving. But we have a few we can get through, which is good. We'll play some of these uh throughout the program, maybe. So I think it is good to kind of touch on some of like I don't know, just the year that was. Perhaps. The universe that we inhabited, the cast of characters that we interacted with. You know, it's and it has been truly just such a strange year. I, I don't know. I should be like a host of a show for a second and ask you a question that's like intelligent. Where were you most outraged this year? Because not, not necessarily politically, but I mean, uh, the wall. I'm talking about, um, you know, age gap discourse. I'm talking about just the stupid fucking bullshit that we are subjected to, which I will say all these storylines are so fake. Like the wall is so fake. It's so fake. It's so obviously astroturfed and pumped into the narrative every six weeks right on right on cue but you know it can be fun it does yield some fun content at times but you know what is uh, cassandra what is in your memory of this past year sticks out in fy23 as just like the fucking uh, grinds your gears and you hope you never have to fucking go to bat for this ever again yeah that's a good question i don't know off the top of my head but yeah gender discourse definitely is up there <laughs> 
because I'm just so fucking sick of it. It's just so reductive and so memeified. And it's like, I get it. We can do our little memes. We can do our little bits. But you can tell that so many of these people actually take it verbatim, like seriously. Mm -hmm. And like have it inform their personal relationships in real life and the man hating, the woman hating, like all of it. It's just so two dimensional and mm -hmm. so reductive. And I'm just so sick of it. And exactly as you said, it's so astroturfed. I feel half the time it's like to distract us from something else that's actually going on that they want to cover up. And so all of a sudden it's term the wall or body count or whatever the fuck. Body count that's like, what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, like it's just like you post that word and like your tweet will immediately go viral and I just find it so, so tiresome. All of the dating discourse in general, all of the rules, like it's like, that's not how life works. That's not how love works. That's why I kind of pivoted into the kind of like love posting of like, I think the the one that me and Slumdog sparred about like originally, again, jokingly, was like, yeah. I believe in love and I don't care about the wall. And then that accidentally went viral. <laughs> and so many people were like, well, you better worry about the wall because it's coming for you. And I'm like, yeah, but if like I find someone that I love, then it doesn't fucking matter, does it? Like, <laughs> that's what love is, right? Like, we're all going to hit the wall. Like, yeah, the wall's fake, but yet we're all going to age. We're not going to be young and hot oh, forever. Yeah some that's I true mean, for many that's true for most it's true true for most not true for you hopefully, <laughs> hopefully not true for me but the jury's still out you've entered the pool house orbit and we don't age or uh, <laughs> unsexy so you will always be benefiting from the eternal glow from the the depths of the pool within the house you know <laughs> <laughs> but it's like if you're just like an interesting normal cool person who has something to offer beyond your two-dimensional like looks or money or whatever the fuck the gender discourse is talking about today mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. none of this stuff is an issue and like the thing that makes me sad about it is it's not the, that the annoying discourse happens that's annoying but it's not sad the thing that makes me sad is like when you see like young people who are just terminally online and who like didn't really experience normal IRL relationships, whether that be because of atomization or COVID or what, and then you see them buying into it to such a degree. And it's on both sides, you know, like all the downstream Me Too stuff on the left, all the gender discourse and, you know, just... Mm -hmm. slash women hating that happens on really? both sides i don't know it's all just so tiresome but it does make me worry about like younger people who who take it seriously <laughs> no i mean that's totally fair it was an excellent point and no, you're kind of getting to like this idea of like who's a cartoon character um okay who's a sock puppet who's a cartoon character who's a three-dimensional like who's a movie star like you or i or a, or a rfh or a, a mario or etc i know all of our friends who's a fully developed person who is in a, immersed in a, in a timeline in a storyline who's a fucking cartoon who's fucking just not even an op and not even like an idiot kid but just like a sad cartoon there's a lot of cartoons who are just like swayed by everything and just like really yeah like you're saying like buying into like a lot of like bullshit I like the discourse uh, stuff that we engage in because it's provocative and it's good, I think, to uh, attack convention and like attack what you think you know. Like, there, no one can go wrong really just interrogating that to be like a fucking Marxist sounding faggot. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's good to evaluate what you think, what you think and whatnot. And if you really believe things, it, it shouldn't be an issue because those will withstand any kind of attacks, right? That you, that you do yourself, any kind of inquisition that you do uh, within. I don't know, but there's a lot of people who just are kind of really easily swayed by a lot of this. It makes me feel kind of weird too, because I do engage in like 
edgy discourse we can say like around certain topics that or this is a good one anti-vax like i'm interested in this idea of a bio uh defense public private partnership that is kind of behind a lot of this uh machinations with the uh virus programs that we see and the, the vaccine programs i think it's very interesting there's a lot of evidence it's a little dark-sided right the risk of people getting like freaked out by that you know I'm not, I'm not talking about it to uh scare people or tell them like that they're going to die tomorrow because they took a vaccine right, i right. took a vaccine you know like i'm not trying to say that not an mrna one i do want to say i took the johnson johnson I did not understand famously i thought it was a traditional vaccine it's, i'm like roseanne <laughs> i'm like roseanne and the, like valerie jarrett i thought that bitch was black i'm like i thought it was a traditional vaccine not now i'm like not to fucking derail but i keep getting it's ads right. now for novavax and they're like <gasps> you know this is the non-mrna option and i'm like brother we're like three years into this shit i don't need any vaccine i don't care if it's a traditional vax or not yeah, exactly yeah even if it was a traditional vaccine that is not no, but I get why me, you would have but, done it at the time when it's like, you know, you're going to lose your job if you don't take a vaccine. So take the one that you mm -hmm. think is like the lesser evil, you know. Yeah, now I would tell myself and I would absolutely, uh, you know, take the risk. Just, you know, take the leap of faith if you believe in things and don't be scared. Like, don't be afraid. Because that's really where I, that's how they get everybody, right? They're afraid of something. Well, it's fear. And that's exactly like, you know, to go back to what you were saying before, like, you know, you're talking about these things because they're important to talk about, but you're not trying to fear monger and mm -hmm. you're not trying to you know, black pill people. And I think that that is a huge risk. Like I was definitely there, like, you know, in mm -hmm. 2021. 21 was the black pill year of my life. Oh my God. It was yeah. So and that's like when I joined Twitter and then like early 2022, when I had like just moved to like a new place where I didn't know anyone. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know, I was so black pilled. I was like the cyber pandemic's going to happen and I'm not going to have a husband. I'm not going to have friends. I'm, you know, they're going to come to my door and forcibly inject me. Like, you know, all of these crazy paranoid things that like, you know, people were talking about at that time that, you know, if you go too far down the rabbit hole, you start to believe them. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, not that I believe that all of that was going to happen at once, but, you know, you just kind of, you can really blackpill yourself. And I think that it's, it's important mm -hmm. to get this discourse out there, but you need like as a consumer of media or information or conspiracy or whatever it is you need to be able to moderate that and keep it in check and if you see mm -hmm. yourself going too far down the rabbit hole like it's time to log off it's time to touch grass there are so many people that i see on twitter that you can just see that it's bad for them yeah, being yeah. on there they are making themselves miserable and insane and i'm like if you just like logged off for a little bit like i hate being the kind of person being like log off bro but like no it's okay to take, take a break it is a, it's 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 scary because once you get like onto the information uh, pipeline, it is addictive. It's obviously addictive. We're like all addicted to information. And you're afraid uh, perhaps you're going to miss out. But as someone who has like you can take breaks and you can uh, nothing's going to happen. Nothing fundamentally is going to happen that you're going to miss out on. That's too important. I would say on the like time that you take to just like get away, even if it's for a couple of hours or days, like just like you don't have to make a big deal about it either. No one's going to. People will miss, like, tell your friends or whatever, but no one's going to actually notice. Like, the algorithm's so fucking crazy jacked anyway. Like, you can go away for the weekend. No one's going to, Although you know, that's sad. I feel like you have noticed the times that I've been offline. I have. Okay, I shouldn't say that. People are going to notice you. It's so mean. No one's going to notice you're missing. Just go away. <laughs> no, I just remember, like, last year, I had, like, one of my lib friends in town. So I, like, wasn't on Twitter because I was like, I don't want to get mad about stuff and then have to, like, hang out with, totally, totally. you know, someone who I can't talk to, uh, like, talk to her about that right, stuff. Right, right. And I remember you tweeted, like... Cassandra, are you okay? Like, 
I, I haven't did, heard from you was, in two days. That okay. was before I went on your podcast. <laughs> that was right. It was like when I was, I think, uh, yeah, we were we were negotiating. I feel like I was trying to yeah, reach out. Now I'm just in that state permanently because I used to like, uh, I didn't have full posters brain. I don't know. No, here's some lore. I had posters brain back in 2010. 10, 2011, I was part of the original brigade of fucking posters, you fucking bitches. I was on the fab <laughs> star generation. If you don't know what that is, you missed out. It was like a time, a very different time. People were getting jobs on Seth MacFarlane shows for being good at Twitter. It was truly a different time. And I was trying to be one of those people. It didn't quite work out, but I got something better because I got a husband out of it. And I was like, oh, I yeah. had a whole, I had an arc. I wasn't. I was Fuck like, Tinder. Huge. I met Bay on Twitter. <laughs> and 20 fucking 12 people. So yeah, I was a way ahead of every fucking curve. And, and uh, I think I had like 5,000 followers, maybe at the most at the time. It, there was a lot more in those days. Let me just say this. I mean, I was there in the days before you would hit a retweet button, people. You had to manually type rt after you copy it was it was a whole other experience but you know i didn't really you lose that muscle kind of right like it's there but oh, you, you know, totally like, do literally you do like, it in and out of like your life right no Basically. same like last year i took a twitter break for like a month and mm -hmm. i noticed like my brain was changing like because <laughs> i was so addicted to tweeting that like i would be in the shower like not purposely thinking of tweets like I wasn't like time to think of tweets but tweets would just like come to me like my thoughts were like in 280 characters or less yeah, yeah, yeah. and after taking that break I was like having normal thoughts again but then when I came back to the timeline I was like I sucked at posting for like a month because it's, like mm -hmm. you need to like get that muscle back it's totally true it's totally true I think it's good to be able to think in meme or think it, I think that's why I say sometimes when I'm thinking in meme because you think in meme for sure because you obviously like you're really good at like just making like a meme and replying <laughs> a meme to a situation in such a good like a really excellent way like I love your memes um like, shout out I do think that memes, memes are like a um like a, po a poetic form really yeah. like a, a meta modern poetic form I've posted about this before but it's like you know like back in the day like people actually did read poetry people did you know recite poetry memorize poems whatever and that is not mainstream anymore but what is mainstream are like obviously like pop music and hooks. But aside from that, memes, like they are like the kind of prevailing form of yeah. like our age. And you can apply it to once you get that muscle, like it, I do think that it is, you know, like a, a watered down. I'm not saying that it's poetic, but it's mm -hmm. like it, it to me feels like a poetic form. <laughs> it is. No, you're absolutely right. Well, it it absolutely is. It's symbolism. It's the same. It's alchemy, really, is what you're doing. You're taking concepts, you're taking ideas, and you're distilling them down. You're taking symbols, and you're you're applying meaning. You're applying like kind of symbol symbolic meaning on top of symbolic meaning. It's very complex, honestly. Like process, like semiotically, there's a lot happening in a meme, and so there is poetry is the same thing. You're using language, uh, usually only right. You're only using text, but it's the same concept where you're trying to trying to. There's more you can glean from a poem, right, than just the words on the page. There's it's more so funny, though, meaning. like thinking about memes and how they kind of warp and evolve the ultimate meme or whatever that you'll get like down the line might bear very little resemblance to the original thing that like sparked the meme. Like so a meme starts and then it evolves over time and you know, you kind of have to be aware somewhat of the original thing or of the trajectory to understand mm -hmm. the meme. So it's like, it's like an inside joke, but because mm -hmm. most people are terminally online, like they do get it. But mm -hmm. if you showed one of those memes to a normie who is not online and who just lives in the real world, like they might not know like what, what this is. It's so self-referential. And I think about that all the time about say in the future, 
people who are like, you know, cultural anthropologists or whatever, trying to like make sense of like our time and like the media mm -hmm. that was made in our time. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that context, it's just going to make no fucking sense. And I, I, there were memes like IRL memes back in the day, like, you know, like mm -hmm. fucking cave paintings that make no sense that were clearly an inside joke between people like in that cohort. And it's like, mm -hmm. we don't know what that means. I don't mm -hmm. know. I just, mm -hmm. I'm kind I mean, of on you, a tangent, but I think no, about that. That was fucking brilliant. Cause okay. You just illustrate a really good point. I'm going to say it slowly. Cause I'm going to add echo. It's hermetic. It is like you explained how it really, you just gave an example that people could understand of how really secret societies operate essentially or how like symbolism really truly works and functions in the world of esotericism uh you need insider knowledge like without the insight without the initiatic knowledge without being an initiate into the mysteries of twitter into the like kind of body of knowledge of whatever the meme sphere is referencing it means nothing to you right you just see something you see whatever you see you see the the image there with the key with the kind of the initiatic uh mindset you unlock these things, right? And yeah, you're right. And anthropologists in the future, without that understanding, they'll have a completely false conclusion of history because they didn't have that key, first of all. So you might make bad assumptions about history because you didn't have that information. But also, yeah, like it's just, um, it, it references kind of the power of insider knowledge, which I think is the real currency in the world is like, like knowledge is really power, like truly. And there's a lot of knowledge that's I think gatekept uh, and used as currency. No, for sure. Even just thinking of memes, like when there's like a copy pasta and you do a copy pasta or whatever, or a meme mm -hmm. and it escapes mm -hmm. containment and yes. then people start getting mad about it, not realizing that this is just part of an extended bit that you didn't even create. And they're just taking the post at face value. Mm -hmm. It's just really interesting to think about. It's all just like a huge game mm -hmm. of telephone. And if you are not initiated into this forbidden knowledge, which is not forbidden knowledge, but you just have to be terminally online to get it then yeah like you which you makes it really forbidden though in a way it is kind of forbidden it's harder to access right it's not easily accessible or it's not um you know run-of-the-mill knowledge uh, but it's like you know a lot of like uh cliches like a lot of like just sayings you know I'm, I'm trying to think of one or even like okay and a men's necktie and handshakes originate in freemasonic traditions they come from like these brotherhoods and they have specific meanings to them the same goes for a lot of like sayings. Like a lot of sayings come from the Bible also, actually. A lot of sayings come from like these other sources, right? Like, or like right? Shakespeare. Shakespeare, exactly. And then I think actually, so my my uh, extension to that would be like Shakespeare, the Bible, uh, all these things that beyond that have even more secret meaning. So everything's like referencing back to something else. It's really hard to uh, glean that. you if, Without the insider knowledge, you don't know what it's necessarily referencing, what the original reference is. You can maybe trace it back to a point, but maybe there's another reference on top of that. Um, I think The Simpsons is a good example. You might see a meme that's referencing The Simpsons, and you might not know the episode. The Simpsons is also referencing some movie from the 70s or whatever. Right, like, right. No. So there's this kind of like chain effect of knowledge, but there is something communicated. You you still experience it. If it's like referencing taxi driver, let's say you're looking at a meme that's referencing, I don't know, like Pepe, but it's also referencing taxi driver. You get the Pepe part, but maybe you don't know taxi driver, but you're seeing this image of this, uh, this guy and you're getting something from that, right? You're, you're still internalizing it to a degree. You're associating it now with this meme. You're not getting the full reference, but the past can still communicate through these like references. It is like this language of itself that transcends like, immediate knowledge you don't recognize it with your conscious self but there is these uh his things being communicated to us through time and space and history at all times it's alive
No, I totally agree. And like, I've even experienced this, like as a writer, like I will write something and then I, you know, will realize after I wrote it that someone basically wrote the same thing in the past mm -hmm. and I didn't plagiarize them. I had never read their thing before, but mm -hmm. it's like, you know, everything just kind of gets absorbed into the cultural consciousness. So it's like, even if mm -hmm. I didn't read mm -hmm. that specific mm -hmm. piece, I didn't hear that specific song, whatever, didn't see that specific movie, whatever it is. I still, mm -hmm. you know, absorbed it somehow, mm -hmm. like osmotically or mm -hmm. whatever, because it's all just part of the same culture. And yeah, I mean, I think that you and Melly were talking about this on your recent episode, but the Bible, like, you know, mm -hmm. everything that's been said was like basically said there and everything is kind of downstream from that. So you don't even have to read the original text to, mm -hmm. to absorb those same stories and same narratives. Like, you know, mm -hmm. what's that quote that's like everything that's that needs to be said has already been said, but no one was listening. So it must be said again. Ooh, you know, I, I forget who said that, but you know, whatever. It's Cassandra from Twitter, truth underscore enjoyer. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make a meme like, with like a really nice font. I'll just add your name to it. Just that'll be my own personal, uh, our own personal meme and for the, for the listeners. <laughs> I love when like occasionally I'll like post like a shit post or whatever. And then someone will comment on it. Like, quote bot or whatever and then it will just like post like my avatar of niles crane with like the quote on top of it and it's like truth enjoyer <laughs> like, that's it that's iconic honestly it's iconic <laughs> truth or enjoyer like it's like ass or tits bro her posts and someone just <laughs> makes it into like this inspirational quote <laughs> i love it that as it should be if shakespeare let's say wrote his own works i'm skeptical let's just say he did he's some drunk you know crazy like dandy he's some buffoon like whatever shakespeare's just some guy he's just some guy you know from twitter as is true <laughs> honestly today you are as in the esteemed ranks i really feel like uh you have a really good ability to distill observations and uh, you use the currency of language to uh convey meaning and it's really the first thing i think i ever told you i feel like on twitter or the first time we interacted i said you have an authorial voice which is you like did say that, lame. Yeah. but you do you have a distinct style you have a way to speak from the heart from yourself which is like really like powerful and so like uh it's it resonates is why i wanted to talk to you and i can't believe i'm talking to like you guys i'm talking to truth and joy on the air for the fourth time and it's just what a crazy world you, you can have anything it's an <laughs> honor i remember before i got on twitter like the first time <laughs> i like i'd been on twitter on and off like with like, you know, my real name, not a shit poster account, but I never really posted Like I just wasn't much of a poster. And I got on Twitter in 2021. And one of my good friends from real life had like, not like a massive account, but like, you know, like probably like 5,000 followers or so. Mm -hmm. And she was really good. She, she sadly left Twitter. Um, cause she had a real life and a kid and stuff, but she used to be a prolific poster. And so it was because of her that I got into Twitter. Mm -hmm. And at the time when she was posting a lot, I, I just made my account as like a burner account so I could like, like her posts. Mm -hmm. I was not mm -hmm. intending on posting. And she was like, you would be such a good poster. You should get on Twitter. But I just genuinely mm -hmm. didn't think that I had that posting muscle, that posting gene. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, I'm not mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I was like, I don't think I am. And my boyfriend at the time, my ex now, but the person I was dating at the time a couple of years ago, um, he was like, no, she's right. 
you would be a really good poster and that's why you shouldn't do it because it's not going to be good for you. And I was like, oh God. And then, yeah, it happened. And then I became addicted to Twitter. (laughs) And then we broke up. (laughs) Maybe he was wrong about who it was not going to be good for, but he was right, what's importantly about your strength as a poster. And I think uh, that shows some insight. I I feel like we should play some of these voicemails, actually. I know, I might need to take a break in a second. What we should do is like do the Vivek Ramaja Wajashana, whatever his name is, and you should take the, we should take our zooms to the bathroom and like <laughs> the air. I'm not ready I don't to need to be there. providing any porn for my yeah we'll save that guys. for the when we paywall when we go take seller <laughs> uh, we'll do the pee I, I drank too many of these like ranch waters and now I'm like I, I love ranch water. water wait brought to you by ranch water cut water mm-hmm. ranch water actually I feel like okay they're not paying me but I live in Texas now <laughs> well it's I feel like Basil does this really good nice Mac and Monty were doing so it was so funny like fake sponsorships and it's like that's exactly the right mentality the, the sponsorships come to the people who lied about having one to start I, with. yeah totally agree with that brought to you by cutwater we'll be right back after this break <laughs> okay we'll be right back okay Thank you so much. You're beautiful. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> hey, I'm back. Wait, can you hear What the this? fuck was that? Yes. Wait, can you hear the way? I can hear it, yeah. Thank you so much. You're beautiful. Have a wonderful day. That was me testing my voicemail on Google Voice. <laughs> this is the future calling. You have lots of money. <gasps> oh my God, do you hear that, Sandra? We're going to have lots of money. Hell yeah. Your e-dad's going to be rich, so that's good for all of us, right? Oh, on Pool TV, that's okay. So things we can look forward to in 2024. Oh my God, I cannot wait for Pool House TV. Oh my God, it's going to be... Oh my gosh, what should we... We need like a slam poetry with the Truth Enjoyer session like late on Saturdays, like at 1 a.m. Like after <laughs> KB's variety show. Okay, sorry. I'm eating candy on there. It's disgusting. Mm. Brought to you by Sour Candy. These are like little <laughs> candies I get from the Japanese market. Daiso. They're sour cola. I used to get them from the Korean market uh, in the town I grew up in, where I lived. Mm, sorry, one, two, mm, really sour in the center. Mm. <laughs> if you like sour, you can't go wrong. They're very sour. It's sour cola. It's a cola-flavored candy. Mm. I used to like sour candy when I was like a kid. But now I can't even have fucking kiwis without my tongue getting like irritated and shit. Okay. I feel like people, I feel like we've been genetically altered in the last couple of years. Even if you were not vaccinated, unfortunately, you may have been genetically altered. I know. I was not vaccinated, but I still feel like they got Well, there's shedding. First of all, there's, there is shedding. Unfortunately, there's shedding, which is, which I think is real. Like I'm, I think I got shedded on. So I'm famously like one time vaxxed, right? I got one Johnson Johnson and, and never again. And, uh, 
I was around family though that had been like new boosted, right? Whatever that fucking freak show is, which I don't know a single person. You know, this is even more true this time that has gotten that like to a person every single one of them, like two weeks after get sick with COVID. They get this. Oh new, yeah, whatever. Everyone whatever. that I know who gets the booster like immediately gets COVID. It was definitely true. You know, with the booster like the first time I, I noticed, but not to this like level of like wow. It's like just like every single person in almost the same time frame. I'm like Jesus Christ great um because i because i don't actually think covid's that great either like i'm not like just anti-packs i think COVID's oh no great. i agree like, with you it's like, a not great. we don't need any of this stuff it's we'll be fine we can we can heal ourselves of course through the power of rare whoa like a weird sound just went off i think it's Ooh, like, i heard it thank you lord we hear your like this response. weird high-pitched sound <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> anyway well we don't care i think it's from the lord it's great we well i'm constantly so i'm glad this is happening because it's like i'm constantly harassed this has been the year of the gang stalker i heard red scare was talking about gang stalking i don't know if that's true but like your power <laughs> i honestly the cool house pilling of america is coming or the world really the, the cool house pill planet my meme the one that's like this motherfucker's not pool house pilled. I was looking at that one today because I have one a variation out of it that has like the um it incorporates another meme. We'll talk about hyper reverential. So it has the, the Jesus meme where it's like they hated him because he was right. They hated him because he was pool house pilled. But yeah, but you know what? The, yours is better because yours is like I I'm here to get revenge for Jesus. This is why the Christians don't like fuck with me. I'm here on Jesus's behalf to get revenge. <laughs> they didn't listen to that motherfucker, and now I'm here. But we're not doing the old meme. We're doing the meme where it's like you're getting yelled at because you weren't pool house pilled. You weren't mm -hmm. turned on to the power. Which is just turned on to the power of love. All the haters and losers are going to be pretending they were pool house pulled in a few yeah, years. It, mark my words. So embarrassing. It's embarrassing <laughs> for you already. I don't know. I'm just here. I'm just here. I'm just a guy here to teach everyone that they have an unlimited capacity for love. Is that such a bad thing? Now, some of my opinions are they controversial? Sure. I, whose aren't at the end of the day? Some people don't like those like sugar cookies with the frosting. Some people do. You know, people are at odds. Those cookies bang, I'm just saying. They do, they do scare me. Like, I won't lie. One time I left some in the cabinet for like six months and they were still soft. It was terrifying. <laughs> There's definitely formaldehyde in them, but they do bang. You were right. and But then I can understand someone not liking them. But, you know, to see the two groups of people who are so similar, they both like cookies, but they're fighting so intensely over this this frosted cookie. Is it your cookie? Is it my cookie? Is it good? Is it bad? That's it's a so great funny. metaphor, actually. Metaphor? Yes. No, this is happening right now. People are divided in this world. Yes over these cookies and it's just not i mean uh, yes they right. are over the cookies but it is a great representation of like all the shit that we see on twitter because mm. most of the time like i i feel like you know the infighting that goes on we agree on like 95 percent of things uh, but it's like you say this one thing and it's like your persona non grata <laughs> and isn't it interesting that that's how it works i guess as well I'll say you know okay i was speaking okay well, let's play well actually let me play this one first this is the second guest i've now met IRL, which is a whole different level, right? Like I've not gotten to meet Truth and Joyer in person yet. It will happen. Eventually there will obviously be a studio, a HQ for Pool House, Pool TV, as we call it, in the biz. And, you know, we'll be like, you are right. We are going to have to probably move to that island that they were talking about where they're like $20 million got fundraised for some like right-wing island in the Mediterranean. I know you saw this today where it's like, like the whole thing was like, uh, everybody has to be either a muscle warrior, a portly salesperson, or a thin a very a thin, thin, a thin priest, priest. Yeah. 
Oh my God. Hilarious. So maybe we have a future there. They're going to need a TV network. I feel like we're like the Nickelodeon for that that demographic really except you know, without all the child molestation except without the child molestation nickelodeon reference because everyone is infantilized uh, at this point in time nobody wants to grown up tv everybody wants infantilized bullshit anyway so we might as well emulate who did the best nickelodeon and take as out- long as we can have the conversation pit that you promised me oh my god the conversation pit's gonna be so our clubhouse show um like Johnny Carson and like Ed McMahon, where they're just kind of sitting. It was like two guys like talking a lot. Like what we're doing now, they're creating that like on late night TV, like in the olden days. And I feel like there'll be like that. There'll be some swinging cocktail music. There'll be a uh, a cocktail pit, a conversation yeah. pit. We'll sit in and the we'll- conversation pit. We'll drink cocktails and smoke inside. Who should we get? Who would you like as a ideal guest? We can have anybody living or dead because it's pool TV. So we actually have access to the heavens as well. So anybody we can have or one of each, uh, who should we be our first guest? This is such a difficult question. You can I want to get, I want to get like Stevie Nicks, but like not current day Stevie That's- Nicks. I want to get like coked out Stevie Nicks. Perfect idea. That's exactly <laughs> what we should do. I think we can do that. Cause also I've, uh, you know, I am a chronomancer. I do have abilities to manipulate you know, time, time, energy. And ho- so hopefully can she can that. like bring her Coke from the seventies and we can do that. <laughs> and her Cause that won't have fentanyl in it. <laughs> fuck that. Yeah. That but bring the quaaludes. I am so mm. fascinated by quaaludes because they don't exist at all. Like you hear about, and people talk about them. People from the, whatever, Gen, Gen X, I guess like young, young boomers talk about quaaludes. Like it's like, heaven any disco history you read i mean yes of course heroin cocaine very popular but like the quaaludes what the fuck were the, what, even i the feel like i'd be quaaludes. afraid of quaaludes like i don't like downers but i'd, I'd, I'd try them with stevie next you Why know not? i yeah i every even downers everything turns into an upper for me for some reason i just have to process any <laughs> even water even air and water turn into kind of like a an upper a little bit so i feel like you know I, i've been i've been downer so long uh, they feel like uppers <laughs> to me <laughs> i literally think about that tweet all the time been pool so long it looks like house to me i literally think about that to myself in my apartment like just alone i'm like been pool so long it looks like house to me i'm i'm <laughs> gonna have to drop a, a record okay so i will tell you this the heavens i could choose okay i think i'm gonna renew my deal with the heavens we'll continue the pod for another year uh because like year by year like deal that you do it's not a contract satan does contracts the heaven does deals it's a little bit different see also kate bush <laughs> the art of the deal <laughs> the art of the deal see also donald trump kate bush deals are are heavenly contracts are bad mm. let's book. get kate bush on with cv next i want to see them two in the conversation yes. put together <laughs> yes yes okay well that sounds like the feminine urge on the plate for next year i could do the uh executive producer of feminine urge i could see that as a possibility there's a long yes it's like a if myth- the listeners don't know i teased a pod maybe like eight months ago called the feminine urge and i haven't started it yet so full house is holding me accountable I teased this pod in 2009. I didn't start it until 2022 at the very, very end. So, you know, anything is always possible. Don't uh, don't give up on your dreams. And I feel like what you're just doing is building the myth and the framework to give birth to something uh, powerful <clears throat> and iconic. But that's the future. We're not committing. It will come when it comes. I need to play these calls. Oh, I could do either an album. I can do, okay, I can do a, a music project for some reason. I don't know if you know this. I was rec- I recently got the gift of song. <laughs> i'm really good at it too i can make up song i i'm almost like a little shy to do it like in front of you and on the air but i can like make up any song i can sing i can write songs it's incredible it just 
yeah, I have the gift of song. So like, that's one thing. I, I, I can see this. I can see you being like a Dr. Luke figure, just turning oh out God. bangers. <laughs> like a, or yes, like a pure, I do love Dr. Luke. I, mean, I don't, honestly, this is the probably most controversial thing I'll ever say on this pod. I love Kesha's music. I'm pro Kesha, but I don't necessarily believe Kesha's story. Uh, and I think she does herself as a disservice. And this is so controversial, but like most women in the industry probably went through worse than even what she alleged happened and survived if she wanted to keep her her career. They know why she did it. And I think that the allegations are over-traumatized. I don't know why I'm going on the record with all this. I might well, to- that said, <laughs> in 2012, I was Kesha for Halloween. I have pictures of me dressed up as Kesha with like glitter all over my face. And I went around carrying a toothbrush and a bottle of Jack. And um, that was like around the time that... I think it was her first album came out and you know that song banger die young mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like we're gonna make terrifying but yeah. night, we're gonna die young mm-hmm. and then like very soon after that sandy hook happened mm-hmm. and then like kesha felt the need to be like i didn't want to sing this song about dying young because like people were like speciously connecting it to that like she was making light of dying young even though obviously it came out before that and had nothing to do with it and then she kind of threw Dr. Luke under the bus and was like, I was pressured into singing the song. I didn't even want to. I wasn't comfortable with it. And it's like, really? Because I don't think that there was actually a problem with the song. You the probably song. weren't upset about the song at the time. It was a banger. <laughs> okay. So I think, okay. I, I think in this case, I'm on Team Kesha because I think that song was pre-programming for Sandy Hook. The music video was kind of like weird. I feel like there was, I don't remember the I've whole- I've never seen the music video. What was like, it? There was some kind of like, uh, she's, there's a eye in a pyramid for sure. I guess I will say this. Okay, in that period of time, there was a lot of fatalism in music. Uh, a lot of like uh, dance until the world ends type of vibe. Like kind of like instilling this idea of, I'm trying to think of other examples. I don't know. It was like a vibe, right? Like just kind of like party, like it's the last night on earth kind of like mm. hits. There was a lot of songs that kind of yeah, just- Yeah, yeah, no, you're like, right. You know, like whatever, just act like it, tonight's the last night. And I think that song played into that definitely. And that's like one psyop for sure. Definitely struggle with creative control, right? So maybe someone did put that into her thing and say- you No, have I agree that she struggled with creative control and that she didn't write the no, song. No. I just think that she probably was fine with the song and was then pretending not to be fine no, with the song. No, for sure. That's no, all I'm saying. 100% <laughs> right there and i just well, i'm glad you mentioned it though because it is a fun conspiracy i guess if you're going to talk about conspiracy theories like we do on the show from time to time uh i don't know it's interesting okay I... well that was 2012 too so that was when they were literally saying that the world was going to end in exactly. December 2012 the mayan calendar i mean i've always i've talked about this before i don't know if it was on other podcasts or just like okay. in real life like repeat yourself years. oh that's a lesson just repeat yourself don't even worry about it that's up but... to other people to call out but yeah, like 2012 was like really an inflection moment, I think, like for the culture and mm-hmm. things changed so rapidly and so much after that. Like, I'm pretty sure 2012 was when Instagram came out. That's when like smartphones started to become ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. That's when the culture started to shift into this like terminally online thing that led to, you know, woke culture, morality, policing, 100%. all of it. Like, I, I'm pretty sure like the whole Tosh point oh like controversy was in 2012 Mm. like when like the comedy and the humor started to shift into this more sort of like uh morality policing Mm -hmm. type thing Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. It, it was just, that was a very, very interesting time. And I totally believe that, yeah, maybe the world didn't end in 2012. The world that we knew ended in 2012. And mm. then it ushered in this new era. Mm. 2013 onwards. Like, I really think that 2013 is like when, when the sea change happened. By 2014, that's where everyone was all of a sudden a, a feminist. That's when all of this discourse about feminism and racism and stuff really, really hit the mainstream. When I, I was in college from 2010 to 2014, at the beginning of college, it was not cool to be a feminist. It was not cool to be a quote unquote social justice warrior as they said at the time. That was deeply uncool. Being politically correct was not cool. But within those four years, like it massively changed. And I my, my conspiratorial belief is that the world did end in 2012 and then it ushered in this new timeline. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're absolutely right in so many ways. And like at 2013 feeling like this very pivotal year too. Like where it's like this birth of all birth of so many. And things. Coney, Coney 2012. Coney, Coney 2012, the beginning of that art. I just want to I'm gonna shout out 2013 a little bit because I think uh like the shift to like streaming music and stuff, like that starts kind of like around this time too. Like your right smartphone, like kind of becoming omnipresent. Um I was at a party on December 21st, 2012. I think the world kind of did end too, because or time ended that night. Time ended that night because our new time started the next day. Because I remember like that weekend feeling like, whoa, time is different. And I was like, why are the days taking so long? It was a very, really, really weird feeling that happened. Uh, I remember that period very well. And okay, the party I was at on December 21st, I used to go to these parties. I'm always like just hanging out with people way too young and just like flexing on them because I'm just a sad old man. So I was at like some party. I, I was probably 45 at this point, let's just say. It's 22, <laughs> I'm 45 years old and I'm at a party with like a bunch of probably 28 year olds or probably less. I love this lore. Like, like you said that you were 50. Now this lore is like implying that you're like... <laughs> <laughs> almost 60 <laughs> i was obviously you know fake and gay so it's like it's confusing but let's just say um okay i'm hanging out with people who are like in their 20s they're much younger and i'm there taking gravity bongs just being like boom boom because like i would sometimes just do that and then just like be the last person standing just again to flex on people what ended up happening though is i got it did cause some controversy because I always had kind of a risky, let's say, sense of humor, right? Like I was always like just the person I, I, I recently talked about being the, the slutty tsunami for Halloween in 2011. <laughs> it's T-S-L-U-T-T-Y, slutty tsunami after that horrible R.I.P. disaster. It was like um, it, it did depict it with little Q-tips. I made them into little victims of the tsunami. Oh, my, my God. Like, well, tsunami skirt. It was it was like a little like not skirt, but it was it was. It was a contraption, and so we did a little gender bending while making fun of the I had shorts on. I had shorts on. I had kind of like a, um, I would say like almost like a belt, or it was like a wrap. It was a wrap, I guess. It was like a wrap that was the tsunami. You know, I needed like to depict it somehow. <laughs> that was fine. You know, that was fine. But in 2012, at this party, the very end, this is very illustrative of your point. I promise it. We're getting somewhere. The song "Die Young" came on. <laughs> um, and this is December 21st, 2012, and. I just instinctively screamed. I was like, this goes out to the victims of Sandy Hook. And people were so mad, Cassandra. And I was shocked because like usually that kind of stuff landed so well. I can't tell you how many parties I had been to where like, you know, I was just fine. That made me the hit. That was like a legend. Now 
Poolhouse became the enemy, and it was like a problem. <laughs> this I was is like the origin by, story. <laughs> I was a little shocked. There was like there, I, there's a few things kind of like that. I remember that time being like, oh, it's like that now, you know. But uh, that really does come to mind. So you're right. They it takes place on that evening. This is a true. <laughs> I swear, true story. It's so fucking funny. The day oh, that God. humor died, December twenty first, twenty twelve. We wish you a iry, iry, iry Christmas Old year and new years are just the same Christmas on a broke party day We wish you a iry Christmas We wish you a iry Christmas We wish you a iry Christmas And a dance new year Great tidings, naughty Jane bring you Great tidings, naughty Jane bring you Let's play some of these voicemails so we can wrap soon. I feel like um this feels like doesn't this kind of feel like office party? Like kind of like corporate. This is a little bit like you backlash HQ. We run it like a huge corporate. Uh, enterprise. <laughs> Anybody who's done any like business with me knows you. Know, you got faxes. You, you got fax for me. I feel like you know when I first reached out to you. I faxed you mm-hmm. with a little I letter. Yeah. You know we just we do it, and so it's uh, always very corporate. But corporate doesn't mean you can't have fun. It's like kind of like we're Jim and Pamming it up here in the office. Yeah, right? I'm like I'm getting drunk off of ranch water at the office party. I don't even know where I left. Oh my god, I le- Cassandra I left my wine. Oh my god, go go okay, I'll be go right back. Get it. Disaster. <laughs> oh my god. This is so funny. Okay, I'm so sorry. Okay. Okay, we're gonna wrap soon, I promise. Are you are you you're okay? Ready? I'm great. Yeah, let's this is okay. This is a really fun. First of all, it is okay, it is kind of like if Backlash had like a big shiny corporate tower, it is kind of like I would have you work. <laughs> At the front desk because i think you'd be a really good receptionist and i know that sounds like demeaning right oh cassandra is a woman who's really smart and she should be like in the boardroom and blah 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 no cassandra is a poet and she needs a job where she can be around people and engage and whatnot but just like kind of more a carefree existence so that she could be on that computer and that beautiful tower with the beautiful view of the beautiful park you know writing on her poetry, doing what she I agree. I would love to just sit there and look pretty and make conversation with people and then sit there and write my poetry and get paid to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you take your like 15 minutes, like an hour, you stroll around like the, you know, again, the park or with the plaza in the big city. Uh, In downtown California city, this beautiful big area, you can just walk around and stroll. It'll be quite beautiful. I'm down for this. Let's make it happen. Anyway, so like, we're the only two in the office. Let's play some voice but messages. This is, yeah, this is a fun office party. This is a fun <laughs> episode. We're not doing intellectual discourse. We've done that before. This is just the, the party episode. We got actually kind of deep, though, too. I feel like we touched on some things. We unlocked some things about memes that maybe the other people uh, figured out ages ago. But that's okay. We It feels like we got there first. So that's what matters to me. <laughs> Wait, okay, I want to play this. Okay, so I did meet, I met David Moulton this weekend. I, I think that's where I started this tangent six hours ago. I met David Moulton this weekend. It was really cool. He was in town for the Compact Magazine party, which is like, oh, ooh la la, former Here Comes Backlash guest in town for 
compact magazine party. La di da. Yes, that's right. It was cool, but it was nice to meet him. He's a really great guy. Uh, he does no. He no longer scares me at all. Like I will say, like he on Twitter used to. I told him this on the on the air that he kind of like used to scare me. Like and he, uh, you know, I felt like really like awesome to meet him and just uh, get to talk to him. We were. I loved his episode of Thoughts and Prayers. That was really good. That was very good as well. You know, he's gotten, he's done some really great work this year in his uh, publications. The piece he came to talk to us about was the uh, piece about the left kind of being co-opted by Big Pharma way back in the- Oh yeah, yeah. Totally great perspective. I loved it. Let me just play this really quick. Uh, Hi, this is uh, David M., sometimes formerly known as uh, Comrade Doom or the AIDS guy. Um, just calling to wish a, a very Merry Christmas to Pool House and all the freaks who listen to Here Comes the Backlash. Uh, yeah, Christmas is the time of birth and renewal. Um, even if you're a degenerate like me, it is a time to celebrate the coming of new life and salvation. So, God bless. Wow, thank you, David. That was a really uh, surprisingly sanctified message. I was, I moved. What did it have to do with South Asia? I think he said salvation. I think Google's transcript said self and South. Asia. <laughs> But, you know, yeah. maybe some will find, and some do find salvation. I agree, salvation. salvation. That's know? true. That's true. A lot of it's, people go there to find their spirituality. Yeah, I, I can see the transcript. So for the, yeah. the, the people, as we talked about famously, be... the beach. Like he was probably referencing the beach. Oh my god, pool house! I saw something today about Alex Garland on the TL, and I was like, should we shit talk Alex Garland again? Oh my gosh! I don't. Wait, he wrote the book, right? The beach, yeah. Oh yeah, you kind of alleged things about him. I don't really know. I can't speak to his kid. I did like. I know nothing I about him. Was I was just talking out of my ass because I didn't. You know like what? The book. Honestly, out of nowhere, people try to cancel somebody. Red flag. It makes me automatically on that person's. I'm like basically on the side of every person who's ever talked shit on. <laughs> now and forever my recent guest tony i i know you've heard this one yet but he does tell a really good anecdote on the unsilenced scene about tammy Faye baker and how she's like was like really like sympathetic to aids like victims in the 80s and he felt like really bad because she had this horrible public image and i was like she had it because she was good person like people who are like uh hated on in public and the biggest villains often i feel like are the sweetest nicest teddy bears well, I agree with that when it comes to people like Pool House or Basil. <laughs> Alex Garland, I was just canceling for no reason. I know nothing about him. I just didn't like the book. <laughs> you know, people like me, Alex Garland, uh, Clarence Thomas, Steve Bannon. It's just, you know, it's just, it's noble company. <laughs> okay, wait, let me play another one. Uh, wait, this one? Okay, let's play this one. Oh, this is, okay. Do you know really sad? Is I was just like, is there a way to make it go faster? No offense, and David did not speak slowly. I am such a psychotic person. It's really no. We sad. just talked too fast. Like we, it's like KB said, we were dropped into a vat of Adderall when we were born, and we don't need stimulants to talk this it's fast. A problem, though. You know, I need to be able to focus the energy because it's you know it, that's what we're going to work on increasingly. You know, in the uh, coming year, we're sharpen that energy like a laser, so that we're not <laughs> uh, you know spinning our wheels to death. It was dramatic. Okay, let me play this message. I'm not even sure who it's from. 
Hola, Backlashistas! It's Biz, coming to you live from Buenos Aires, the scene of the next big turn thing. Will there be a revolution? A crisis? Or does nothing ever really happen after all? Well, we'll know soon enough, but now's the time to learn your Argentinian flag from your You Are Gayan flag and post accordingly. With that, I wanted to wish you all a very happy holidays in whatever weird and wonderful ways that means to you, the listeners, other guests of the pod, and the mad genius behind it all, DJ Poolhouse. For what it's worth, gang, 2023 is shaping up to be the best year of the decade so far. Well, for me at least. And getting to know you all, the weird and wonderful denizens of this wacky corner of the internet we don't have a name for, has played no small part of this. <laughs> Blasting out of nowhere, here comes the backlash. We've gone from garage punk to stadium band overnight. Oh my God. And I feel privileged to have had the opportunity to share my story and listen to so many of your own on what future historians are already calling the pod that brought the timelines together. <laughs> Feels good, man. Happy holidays, everyone. Except for the haters. You can go and eat a bag of dick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh. Biz, oh my gosh. I'm so touched by that message. I actually just, Who is this from? That was from Biz. Okay, Shea Bizarro. Shout out Biz. He is. Oh, love him. Uh, you, you know Biz. He's Biz is so, okay. He is one of the reasons I actually started this show because I read his uh, really interesting, his really interesting account on Substack from like one of his uh, adventures on the high seas. Uh, that was really, it was wild in a number of ways. And that was a great episode. Recently, Biz was telling us some of his drug stories on I Was There featuring uh, Oso Blanco. Uh, my Hell yeah. Shout out Oso. Shout out Oso. Um, his biz could start his own podcast. I'm going to talk to his again soon, hopefully this year, because I want to hear some of these stories. I love his voice. He has like a cool accent. I think it's episode 13. Thank you, Biz. That was very, that was very touching. Fantastic. We're going to borrow some of that copy, I think. Uh, Cassandra, can you just write some of this down really quickly and just put it onto a a teletext, you know, and fax (laughs) that over to the board. Um, Okay, let's play. Wait, speaking of, wait, speaking of. Oh, so I know I have one from him here, and that is right here. Let's play a little message from Oso Blanco, who burst onto the scene through Here Comes a Backlash. I will take credit because I make him a star. He is a star by heart, by trade, but I helped break this star. Uh, and I knew it. I, this is another, okay, I just going to flex again. I gave Oso Blanco a producing assignment without knowing anything really about him. And it turns out he was a former radio host and producer and he like helped produce essentially a segment and conversation for Here Comes the Backlash about uh, John Parsons. It was- That was, was such a, a good episode. episode. I such loved a, that episode. And it was all this, thanks to this man. Let's take a listen. Hello, Pool House. And here comes the Backlash Worldwide listeners. This is- Oso, I am calling to wish everybody a uh, incredibly cozy holiday season. I hope that everybody gets what they want, not just uh, this Christmas, but uh, all the time in life. <clears throat> and I wanted to uh, send a special thank you to Pool House um, for inviting me into the uh, wild world of podcasting this year. Uh, and for being an amazing creative partner and friend on our I Was There uh, Spaces program on XS Twitter. Uh, it's been a phenomenal year, and I can only look forward uh, to what we create in the coming year. 
Um, I love you. You're the best. And uh, I hope everybody has a phenomenal oh holiday. Merry Christmas, Oso. Aw, I love I this. I can't believe I should have probably pre-screened these and not just done the raw dog on the air after two <laughs> glasses of wine. But it feels good. So I'm glad that we did it. So I have to shout out. Oso is just like such a really, you know, it's a really annoying phrase. They say in corporate world is like a really good, he's an incredible human. You know what people say? <laughs> so it makes my skin crawl. But in a sense, it does apply. Like oh, so it's just like a he's like a rad dude. He's just so cool, and I um I love our little like gang. Shout out everybody at I was there radio slash uh you know Twitter Spaces. It's just like fun to hang out uh and chat. And Cassandra, we we eventually will hold you accountable. You're gonna have to come to I was there one day. When, I know when, I'm like, like so bad at Sundays. Like Sundays like my worst day. That's why I haven't come. But I literally love both of you, and I want to to be there on no needs to no need to apologize <laughs> no we'll 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 find a dark cold winter sunday we'll we'll in the right topic we'll figure it all out you'll be able to say i was there uh, <laughs> oh my gosh okay let's play okay i'm gonna play this one from nucho libre who is another person like who i first heard about on rare candy podcast i just remember they were really big fans of nucho they said something really, like something to the effect of how he was like, just so right and it's so funny how like I, I already had the opinion, but you know how just hearing these things really does validate these uh, projections or impressions we have of everybody. It felt good to hear them say that because I was like, uh, Neutral Libre is really right about everything. And he's not like this like huge account or whatever, but he influenced me a lot. You know, he and he's no, me too. He was one of the first people that I think I followed on, on my current mm, account. A hundred percent. Back he in- was he was right about COVID, like from the jump. A hundred percent. And when nobody else, I was like 2021 when I come, came onto the, you know, Twitter uh, for all of this. And yeah, somebody who was like there, someone who was, couldn't really say he was there and was right at the beginning. So thank you, Nucho, for your just like uh, constant, you know, he's kind of pulled back a little bit, which uh, good for him. That's a good example. I know. I feel like I haven't seen he, him on the timeline recently, but. He posts, I think, some uh, sporadically, but I think he's, you know, you know, he did his work and I think uh, he, this is a good illustration. How you can take a break. It's okay. And, you know, when uh, when the Nucho Libre signal is needed and hopefully it's never needed, but, you know, something tells me one day we'll need the Nucho Libre of the world, you know, to come back and we'll send that bat signal out and he'll be there uh mm-hmm. but he's here right now so we don't have to wait till one day hold on one second <laughs> hi friends neutro libre here i hope i'm not too late with this message i've been nomadic the past few weeks visiting family and such and currently in the austin area where it's in the 70s Probably not. i saw joe rogan at his comedy club last week and i experienced bucky's for the first time that was wild But anyway, enough about me. I just wanted to say Merry Christmas, everyone, and I hope everyone has an awesome holiday season filled with good people, good food, and some good football games. Cheers. Oh, Merry Christmas, Nucho. Oh, my gosh. Wait, what's Bucky's? Bucky's is like a gas station chain in Texas. It's like an institution. And I'm sad. I didn't know Nucho Libre was in Austin. We should have met up. <laughs> well, maybe he still is. Shout out, Nucho. Uh, Merry Christmas uh, again. I'm glad he's, see, there, there's your illustration. And Nucho's fine. He's not living life. He's having a lot of fun and traveling. But don't tune out of this podcast. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying unsubscribe or don't listen to Here Comes the Backlash. I'm just saying the rest of it, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> pull back from Twitter. You pull back from the other things. I'll keep you informed. We don't, we're not political around here. It's not, it's not topical. It's perennial. 
Okay. Okay. We have one last, we have one last message. I, uh, this is from a, a goat, I guess, a legend an Thank icon, you. uh, uh, just someone. Okay. First of all, who I feel like I, I maybe this is controversial. Maybe this, <laughs> the internet's a messy place. The internet is a messy place and it can get heated. It can get emotional. It can get charged. It's not to say anyone's right or wrong, <laughs> but you know, things get crazy. Things do get messy. I'm a basil enjoyer for life. I'm putting that out there. hundred percent. And it's not to say, you know, people are going to, like we were saying before, people are going to beef on the timeline. It's part of the fun of it. This is what happened on Housewives, everyone. Everyone demanded the audience decide the villains were problematic people and they canceled them. And then the shows suffered because you need a little bit of, of flair. The pot needs to be stirred a little bit. You need a Kenya more. You need somebody to just be there and uh, have a little fun. And that is not the only function, you know, at all that by far the basil is providing. He's giving light years ahead of its time discourse to people who are willing to listen. And it's a fully formed kind of ideology that's like automated almost in this way. It's like it's people tag him and just like pull him into conversations, not about the TQ anymore, about race play fetishism, which is truly mm -hmm. everywhere. Like I see it everywhere. Like literally somebody who is just, I, I think so incredibly brilliant. And I'm gonna say I'm fairly maligned. I met Basil in real life and he was wonderful. Give Basil a chance. I love Basil. Basil, we love you. We love you. Uh, you know, and and also, if you don't like someone, fucking deal with it with that person. Because under all these back channels and all these like little back channel whispers and ankle biters. They just need <laughs> to get a grip. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's fine. So you don't you don't have to like me, but like just don't, don't, like, I don't give a shit about what I, what I want for you out there. Uh, you're not listening, but you you out there who are not listening, but should be, you know, you're letting a group chat leader tell you what to do. Is that really what you're you envisioned at this stage in your life? Just evaluate it on that level, because I would never tell anybody what to do or thing. I'm just telling people what I think, you know, <sighs> anyway, let's get basil pilled. <laughs> let's get basil pilled enough about <laughs> I feel like how I always make it. I can always bring it back to me. It's a gift. Hi, Pooley. It's Basil. I know you already knew this because we are telepathically connected through time and space, but I'm calling you to leave you a message of goodwill and good cheer for this holiday season. I wanted to wish you and your lovely producer a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I'm so grateful to God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that you and I have been put in each other's paths mm -hmm. this year. I cannot wait for many years to come where we will both be, I don't know, each other's Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, whatever, our spiritual Sagittarius mother, Pisces son, whatever it may be. I just look forward to many, many more years of this. All the love, all the health, wealth, and happiness to you and yours this holiday season. Your friend, Basil. Oh my goodness! That was... Thank you, Basil. Merry Christmas and happy, happy Hanukkah or whatever you people celebrate. Just kidding. I love <laughs> you, I, my new thing. My new thing for twenty twenty four is just too autistic to understand the differences between Arabs and Jews because I literally don't. I literally don't understand the differences between all these different people. It's very confusing to me. I don't understand how men can become women because I'm too autistic. Cassandra, just to understand it. It's just like, I can't grasp it. It's not that I'm problematic. It's not that I'm a hate villain. Yeah, just, people are just you know, being ableist when they call you problematic. <laughs> I'm just very confused. I'm a very confused person because 
I'm so highly autistic. I'm too autistic to function. My favorite uh, part about this whole thing, though, was the transcript where Basil said Socrates and it came out as saccata cheese. It Cottage <laughs> cheese, which made me like, I don't know. I was like, I bet Basil makes a mean lasagna. <laughs> oh it's goodness. like that Anna Katchian lasagna, Anna, but it's like lasagna. Oh my God. Oh, inshallah. I feel like I don't know why I said that for his ba- for Basil to make lasagna, but I know he has. Uh, Monty was at uh, Basil's. I think they were recording for Nice with Mac and Monty. Shout out. Shout, and shout out Mac and Monty. I love Mac and I love Monty. These are adorable, sweet boys uh, monty was over at, at basil's and they're making like a, stuffed meatballs or something like basil is cooked basil knows how to take care of a white man that's that is what mm-hmm. i will say yeah basil yeah. just needs his confirmed bachelor perpetual roommate to cook for her we're manifesting it for 2024 <laughs> santa put that there's room in your sleigh santa for that so these kids don't deserve it. Kick some of the toys out because you're going to need a lot of room for that hulking right wing bodybuilder that is going to sit uh, in the sleigh to bring to Basil's house. For, I remember uh, at one point someone like commented like, Basil, you're going to get a boyfriend soon. And Basil was like, boyfriend, you mean confirmed bachelor perpetual roommate? And I really wanted to make one of those Drake memes where it's like Drake being like, no, and it's like boyfriend. And then, yes, <laughs> confirmed bachelor perpetual roommate. Santa, please just put a, 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 obviously for Basil, we just want a um, <laughs> bachelor. Okay. A, a bachelor, as a man, I was going to say a slave. I was, I shouldn't say that. So not a slave, but like a, what does Basil need? Like a, a, a butler, a manservant, I guess. Like, that was the word I was looking for, manservant. Yeah. Basil's going to be the manservant to his confirmed bachelor, perpetual roommate, right-wing bodybuilder friend it's been, <laughs> no, there's a rule in podcasting and it's when you say the word slave without it being about the, the civil war you have to stop it's a good time to it's good to stop <laughs> just kidding no i i don't know I, I'm, I'm i'm joking oh my gosh i do feel like this episode is going to be uh, a nightmare to edit and that's what makes it a fun holiday no it's gonna be it's, just it's the right. holiday party we're allowed to be a little tipsy and silly i'm gonna i'm gonna put the raw edit up i'm just kidding <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm glad that you were here. I just feel like uh, to put in your stocking, I envision for you just uh, packages that are filled with joy. I see a, a much more truth that you can enjoy. And then like also just like, sh- like a shiny, there's shiny things coming and there's like an, an opportunity for people to enjoy your truth coming. And I think they're going to enjoy it a lot. That's uh, what I see in your stocking. And that's what I wish for you. And it, Cause it's like, um, you're just, you do have a pure, you have a pure essence and you have a grip on uh yourself and reality in a way that is important for people to see uh, you're not just like a good you're not just a good like artist or whatever you're a good role model i really believe that you're living Aww. a way for other people to be able to like uh to not have to be like a cartoon character right to not to be the fucking like whatever like trad wipe cartoon or like e-girl cartoon there's something better but you know you're you're showing something else and it's important so i really mean that i really do um Oh, well, I mean, I cherish you, Pool House. And as I've said before, I genuinely do feel like coming on your podcast and Thoughts and Prayers almost this time last year, like changed my life, like unironically changed my life for the better, set me on a different trajectory. And 
It has been such a pleasure just to like watch your podcast grow. Cause when I first, you know, started listening to it, it was at the very, very beginning. And like, you know, just the amount of topics that you've covered, especially with these like recent AIDS things, like it has really gone somewhere that like no other podcast that I'm aware of has gone. And it has just been amazing to be on your journey with you. And I love you so much. And I am just so grateful to have you in my life. So thank you for having me on the pod, but also thank you for being my friend <laughs> and my spiritual E-dad. <laughs> I'm your E-dad, your E-advisor. E no, thank you, Cassandra. This has been like really fun. It's a fun journey to be on, right? The web of destiny is, uh, it's crazy, but it's fun. As long as you, as long as you carry your, as long as your scroll is stamped with the seal of fate you know you can carry forth and eventually you know i i don't know what this metaphor is but you get the keys you what we're, where it's going we get the keys and it unlocks the tower and then we can go and then we, we go up inside of and we're due for another vibe shift we just did the orange vibe shift it's time for another vibe shift get ready guys yes, there is <laughs> i feel like it's orange is like a dominant strain but i think there's like I think there's triple vibe shifts coming. I think there is, I think there's a camo, there's a camo vibe shift coming back, hip knee up to that today. In fact, when I realized it's, it is absolutely true. There is a camo vibe there's shift. There's an coming. amethyst actually, vibe shift coming. Amethyst is coming in January. There's, they're like, there's streams, right? You know, things branch out. It's like a river and it branches out <laughs> and it changes color. I don't know. I can't The kaleidoscope. It. It is a kaleidoscope because you've got to keep them on their toes. That's what I'll say. You got to keep them on their toes because uh, they are so, they, not anything implicated there. Just the regime is just so like, you know, we've got to keep them on their toes. They're not as powerful as they want you to think they are. That is my uh, holiday message for the Backlash audience. It's like, you're way more powerful than you think you are. And the people you think are powerful are only really powerful because you let them be. And it's mm -hmm. all just kind of like a lot of a mind. There's a lot of mind games. There's a lot of emotional manipulation. There's a lot of wordplay. There's so much wordplay. We're gonna get to the bottom of the wordplay. That's one of my goals for this year. And you got, you're a poet, so you're gonna be able to help me. Cassandra, we must say pure and true, as you always say. Hmm. We, we just must say pure and true. And we will enhance the trance. We will enhance the trance. Enhance the trance. Don't enhance trust the plan, enhance the trance. You know, if you have a plan, you can trust that. But otherwise, just enhance the trance. That is the plan. The trance is your plan. It's the only plan you will ever <laughs> need. Is your own trance. Enhance it. Okay. Um, where can we people find you, uh, Cassandra? Um, if anyone is listening to this at this point that doesn't know who I am, you can find me on Twitter at truth underscore enjoyer. <laughs> you know, people yeah, at this point actually don't even sell it because fuck those posts left audiences you know not not the ones listening obviously we love you you're not post left you're just nameless right but these little media markets whatever we're opening up we're going to the right wing we're going to the, not the left wing probably but just like uh health spheres we're going to places that will hear the message and so people might be actually coming to this podcast and not know about your enjoyer and wouldn't it be amazing if uh that was a gift i could give you it's like people coming to you via the pool house you know it, uh, a information super highway and it's all possible and so anyone uh, whose pool house pelled is a friend of mine so follow me exactly, if your pool house pelled exactly it's a big family <laughs> and so um to our big family from your spiritual uh pool house and his spiritual <laughs> this is so weird from from pool house and cassandra <laughs> uh you know you're, you're I mean, like, really you're like your spiritual bffs honestly and kind of maybe in some cases your real bffs honestly because as always, there's an unlimited capacity for love in both of our hearts. And so if you fuck with us, 
be fucked with us forever. I, I, was, I, I didn't have a good slogan there, but yeah, that's okay. Um, Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas y'all. Yeah.